0: And folks, uh, very welcome to our service this morning. Sorry for the delay. There's been a bit of tr- uh, few problems with the live streaming. So we're going to go ahead with the service that will be recorded and then it can be put on later on. So if you know of anybody that's uh, wanting to watch it online, if you could tell them it's going to be on later on, they can watch it later on. Some announcements here, uh, just this evening we have our carol service at 7pm in the church and I uh, hope you can come along to that. Um, on Tuesday the 19th of December we have an opportunity to take time out to reflect on the real meaning of Christmas and the church will be open from 2 to 3.30 and again from 7 o'clock in the evening to 8.30. And there'll be special spaces each with a particular theme that uh, links in with Christmas as well as some notes to guide you uh, as you reflect and pray. So we hope you'll accept this invitation to to step away from the busyness and the hassle uh, and enjoy as short or as long a time as you wish to be refreshed and refocused on Christ at Christmas here within the church building. Family Christmas Day service will be at 10 a.m. in the morning. Uh, If the children want to bring along their toys, they're very free to do that. Feel free. And we have a date for your diary also, Friday the 12th of January, half past seven. Barry's Big Quiz is back again. Uh, Please plan to attend this annual fundraiser for our mission projects in Peru and Rwanda. I'm going to hand over to Tom a wee minute. He's He's got something from Peru for us.
1: Good morning, everybody. Uh, firstly, if you didn't see this when you come in, came in this morning, there is a leaflet for you, which is a Christmas greeting from the project in Ramagana. It's a letter about what they're doing, and on the back of it, there are two Christmas cards drawn by the children. So, if you'd like to have a copy, please pick one up on the way out. Now, some of you will uh, know, probably all of you will know that. We also support a project in Arequipa, in Peru. And that is a children's home, uh, which takes children in who are either orphaned, abandoned, or trafficked, and who don't know who their families or their parents are. They come into that project at about age four, that kind of age range, and they're sent there very often by the local authorities who haven't anywhere else to send them. Anyway, Gloria and Jose um, thought it would be good for the children and for the community if not only did they care for the children, but they taught them to care for others. And right beside the children's home, there is a a kind of Arequipa city point where people who are destitute can come and get a few um, pieces of money to go and buy something in the market. But Jose thought the better option that they could do was they could invite them all in once a week to come for lunch. And they come into the children's home. They sit down. They have a lunch. And as well as that, Jose runs a Bible study with them. And uh, that goes on. And on the way home, they get a big bag of fruit and vegetables. Now, you might say, how can they afford to buy fruit and vegetables? for what sometimes is in the region of about 90 people. Well, that's done by going down to the market when the market's closing and taking all the fruit and vegetables that are going to be thrown out because they're bruised or misshapen and people won't buy them. Anyway, they're perfectly good to eat. And they um, make this all up into bundles and uh, they hand them out to people afterwards. So what he has done is to send us a little video and also a greeting. And um, I can't remember which way around I asked Chris to do this. But if we could look at the, the, the text they sent us first, Chris, if that's feasible. Here we are. Now, how many of you are Spanish speakers? Well, how many of you know your Bible well enough to know what particular verse in the Bible that is? Shall I be helpful? I think I shall. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. And now let's have a look at the video. You'll see the old people who have come along for the Bible class. Uh, they're sitting around the edge of what is the playground, really, in the center of the children's home. And it's a festive occasion. This was last week. And you will be able to see and hear. that gives you a flavour of what happens every week. They don't have the children dancing every week. They haven't borrowed the costumes for the children. But that is the uh, arrangement that goes on every Thursday. And next time any of you are in Arequipa, you'll have to go and see that on a Thursday. Now, next Sunday, I'll bring you a different greeting altogether they've sent us, because those are the younger ones now in that particular children's home some of them have been there long enough to move from school to university. In Peru, you go to university when you're 17, and next week you'll hear from them. Thank you.
0: you that just want to start uh, by reading Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 to 11. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was and when they saw the star they were overjoyed on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother mary and they bowed down and worshipped him then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of mirror and having been warned in a dream not to go back to her they returned to their country by another route let's pray a moment father we just want to welcome you father son holy spirit into our midst this morning lord we want our hearts to be open to what you have to say whether it be through the worship or whether it's be through something that the children have put together or whether it be by through your word later on father we just want our hearts to be open to be ready to be touched by you to be moved by you for your truth to go from our head to our heart To our feet and we just want to glorify jesus uh, this morning we want to lift him high and we pray that as we do that that you would draw us lord young and old uh, to yourself in jesus name we pray amen we're going to stand we're going to sing hark the herald angels sing to invite Charlotte O'Brien to come. Charlotte's going to come just before we look at the Sunday Club video uh, and she's going to read Luke chapter 2 verses 7 to 14 for us.
2: town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth and lying in the manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on
0: whom his
2: favour rests.
0: That's a long passage, Charlotte. That's a long passage. Well done, well done. Uh, And now we're going to sit back and enjoy the Sunday Club uh, video, which uh, thank you very much. I know they've been working really hard the last couple of Sundays at this, and uh, led very much by Amy and her her technology, her knowledge of, of tech, and we really appreciate what they've done. So let's sit back and enjoy a little different interpretation of uh, the Nativity. Land,
2: we shall land the waves of breaking these just this morning. That Caesar is calling for us. Everyone living in the country, everyone will have to travel to their own friends. where the room be very busy. Senses has caused quite a commotion. Let's go and die on a course. Uh. Hello, I am Jacqueline from Sunday Club News at 11. Oh. Uh. <coughs> I am and
0: this is Mary listen don't worry about it don't worry about it because we'll show it next week okay we'll get all these wee difficulties ironed out and we'll show it next week Christmas Eve okay but they've been working really hard on it. and don't, want, don't be disappointed. It will be shown next week. Okay? Okay, so I know that there's a... We're going to sing something now, but I know you have a wee party, don't you? Out in Sunday Club in a few minutes. So I'm going to let you go to that. And, uh, but we're going to sing, first of all, while shepherds watched their flocks by night. <laughs> And we'll see you next week, and we'll show your wee video next week. Okay? And your offering will be received. Thank you.
2: In so here below below a sequel goes we swung. and the yo 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 by some people sung in
0: Father, this is the season when we celebrate the gift of your son and where we give our tithes and our offerings to you, Lord, um, as part of our worship here and an indication that all of our lives and all that we own belongs to you. We pray that you'd use them in your service and for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come to you on behalf of those suffering throughout the world today because of war. We're so aware of the children who suffer and die, children who didn't ask for war and can't understand why adults can't reconcile, why adults can't practice what they preach. Father, we pray for those children who've been seriously injured with futures of trying to become accustomed to living without limbs or without a mother or a father. Children, fathers, should be out playing and enjoying life, not terrified about what the next day may bring. We pray this morning, Father of peace, bring peace for the sake of the children. Father, at this time of year, as we celebrate the birth of your Son, we are reminded of how the skies lit up above the shepherds as your angels proclaimed glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Today, Father, the skies only light up from the flashes of missiles overhead. Mankind has forgotten what true peace is. Throughout generations, blood upon blood has been shed. The only difference today is that weapons are now able to destroy more people in a shorter period of time, and we cry out for those who have suffered rape and terror when Hamas broke through into the kibbutz, killing indiscriminately, and for those in Palestine, we pray for those who have lost almost everything as homes and families and businesses, and that sense of personal safety has disappeared. Father, in Psalm 56, David, as he goes through a very dark period in his life, he cries out to you, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Father, the tears have flowed through the streets of Israel and Gaza. Please hear the cries of the innocent, and for the sake of the children, please bring peace. We pray for our city, the city of Bangor, each person loved by you, but many never know it. This time of year for many only means drinking excessively and eating until they can eat no more and spending until they're in debt. So many wanting a special Christmas present, hoping that the presents they receive will somehow fill that gap in their heart yet blind to the fact that the gift they're really searching for is Christ himself. I remember that you wept over such a people as you stood looking over the city of Jerusalem, their hearts blind to recognizing who your Son is. We cry out to you, Father, by your Holy Spirit, open hearts to receive your Son this Christmas. And may it continue on and on and on into... 2024, 2025. Bring peace, peace with God to every man, woman, and child in Bangor. And Father, we pray for those amongst us who have lost loved ones over this past year. Thank you for the promises of John 3:15 and 16, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we thank you for those promises and many more like them, which stand strong on your word and on your very character. We thank you that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, especially not death, as death brings the believer into your very presence, where your love is more tangible than ever. Yet it is painful, Father, for those that are left behind, but we pray that each family experiencing such loss may know your strong and everlasting arms around them this Christmas, and that each grieving brother and sister in Christ may know the prayers of our congregation supporting and carrying them through. May they know the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guarding their hearts and minds in Christ your Son. Father, hear our cries to you this morning in your Son's beautiful name. Amen. So we're just going to remain seated uh, as we we just listen to contemplative worship. Let there be peace on earth. If you have a Bible, you want to open it to John chapter 1, John 1, verses 1 to 14. John 1, 1 to 14. Let's hear the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Let's pray a moment. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus, your Son. And thank you, Jesus, that you came. Holy Spirit, would you teach us now more about His lovely name. Amen. Each of the four Gospels presents Christ with a different emphasis. Matthew primarily focuses on Christ as king. Mark primarily focuses on Christ as a servant. Luke primarily focuses on Christ, his humanity. But John, his focus is on Christ being God. You could say as godhood. And John, when writing this gospel, he feels that in order to understand Jesus Christ, we need to go back not just 50 years or 100 years, but right back to before the world began. He paints the picture of who Christ is with a cosmic background. He begins his gospel with the same phrase as as Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning. And John writes in the beginning. And he goes on to explain, verse 2, that Christ was in the beginning with God. And he goes on then in verse 3, that all things were made through him. John saying that Christ is older than the universe itself. So I want us to try and grasp the enormity of this. Here's a, here's a picture of the sun. It's 864,000 miles across. It's so large you could fit about 1,300,000 Earths inside the sun. But that's very tiny compared to a a giant star going even further called uh, Betelgeuse, which it's one of the largest stars that are visible to the unaided eye. It's about 700 times the size of the sun. It makes the sun look small in comparison, And we could go on to give examples of massive red stars, some called supergiants, and to tell of 100 billion galaxies that are known to us. In Isaiah 40, verse 26, we read, "'Lift up your eyes, look to the heavens. "'Who created all these? "'He who brings out the starry host one by one "'and calls forth each of them by name. "'Because of his great power and mighty strength,' Not one of them is missing. Who created all these? And John's answer is the same as the answer given in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And John, with a zoom lens, he focuses in more specifically on Jesus Christ when he calls him the Word. He says, in the beginning was the Word, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Isaiah writes, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. All that was made through Christ. Without him nothing was made that was made. What does it mean that Jesus is the Word? I'm sure you've never heard anyone else called the Word before. So why is Jesus called the Word? What does it mean to call Jesus the Word? Well, it means that Jesus is the very expression of God. He's the communication of God. He's everything God wants to say wrapped up in a person, What John is so eloquently saying here is that if you want to know God, Jesus will explain Him perfectly. Everything we hear Jesus saying, God is saying. Everything we see Jesus doing, God is doing. He expresses God, He's the expression of God, He's the Word of God. You want to see God? Look at Jesus. He is God wrapped up in one person. Jesus reveals the heart and the soul and the name and the very nature of the living God. As we keep reading John's gospel, we'll see Jesus drawing near to people. We'll see him loving people, healing people, touching people, teaching people, suffering, bleeding, dying for us. And that's what God is like. If you want to see Jesus, or sorry, if you want to see God, look at Jesus. He is God in every way, and yet separate, a separate person from God the Father. You know, that famous scientist Einstein, he believed that if we have scanned, uh, that we have scanned our largest telescopes, using our largest telescopes, we've scanned only one billionth of theoret- theoretical space. And if Einstein was right, this means that there are probably something like 10 octillion stars in space. 10 octillion is 10 with 27 zeros behind it. And Jesus created them all and has named every last one. So, Having painted this cosmic background, John is talking about, let's get to know who this Jesus is. Let's go back to the, before the creation of the universe. And having painted that picture, um, it's really daunting when we read, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know, when we speak of the heavens opening, it usually refers to a downpour. You know, I just had left the house, and the heavens opened, and I got soaked to the skin. It usually refers to a downpour, but in the Gospels, we read that the heavens literally did open, and the Word became flesh. You know, I'm trying this morning to explain the inexplicable that such a God, who was involved in creating our universe, could become an embryo in a woman's womb on this tiny place called Earth. 1977, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 were launched. Uh, Voyager 1 travelled at over 38,000 miles per hour. On February the 14th, 1990, it was speeding out of the solar system, beyond Neptune, about 3.7 billion miles from the sun. And mission controllers back on Earth, they commanded it to turn just and to look back toward the Earth and to take photographs of the Earth, one after the other. And this blue peel dot is the result. It's a photograph of the earth at such a distance. Such a small, insignificant piece of dust just hanging in the vastness of space. In such a scale, we must look like little tiny ants to God. So small, seemingly insignificant, and yet he knows us all by name. The message of the gospel is that he came down to share life with us on this anthill that we call earth. That is mind-blowing. When I consider the heavens, when I consider the work of your fingers, writes David, the moon, the stars which you set in place, what is mankind that you're mindful of them? Human beings that ye even care for them. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Greek literally means, and he pitched his tent among us. Inexplicable, but yet beyond wonderful. You know, and this is what we celebrate at Christmas, and what we can celebrate every day of the year. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they have their own way of telling the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the gospel in in the Greek is the word evangel, and it means good news. So to evangelize, that means to announce the good news of Jesus Christ, to proclaim the truth of the gospel. It means that declaring that something fantastically, enormously wonderful has happened. You know, in our New Testament, our New Testament begins with the gospel according to Matthew. That's what it says at the very beginning, the gospel according to Matthew. What it's really saying is the astonishingly brilliant news that changes everything for everyone, as told by Matthew, this is what the gospel is. That's the meaning of the gospel. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know, and as we read the Gospels, we see Jesus as a real human being. We see him growing. We see him learning. We see him hungering. We see him thirsting. We see him tired. We see him sleeping. Choosing to live amongst us, Lord of eternity, dwells in humanity, kneels in humility, and he washes our feet. So how do we respond to this? Father's pure radiance, perfect in innocence, yet love's obedience to death on a cross. How do we respond? How do we even respond to this? Carl Sagan, who's an American astronomer, he wrote the book A Vision of the Human Future in Space. Pale Blue Dot talks about this. Pale Blue Dot, photographed by Voyager. And this is what he says. Look again at that dot. Take a look at that dot. He says, that's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, every human being who ever lived out their lives, every king, every peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, every hopeful child, every inventor, every explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the universe, in the history of our species, lived there On a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam. (laughs) And may I add to that that every person who has ever lived on this anthill that we call Earth will have to give account before God. And therefore, it has been and it is God's mission to reach every one of them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with this marvelous, fantastic news that the God who created the universe has come and pitched his tent amongst us, lived amongst us, suffered amongst us, shared amongst us, taught amongst us, and died for us. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So how do people respond? And there are many different responses. John writes, he came to his own and his own people didn't receive him. That's very sad, isn't it? You don't expect that. If you you didn't ever had heard this story before, you'd expect amazing things to happen. But we're told... His own people didn't accept him. There were many sorts of responses. Some shouted at him. Some lied about him. Some tried to stone him. Some accused him of blasphemy. Some spat at him. Some led him to the Romans to crucify him. Many different responses. Isaiah tells us, led as a lamb to the slaughter, yet he opened not his mouth. But there were also those who responded positively and were told by John, as many as received him, to then he give the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. You know, coming into this marvelous life that Jesus offers, it's... A matter of simplicity. You couldn't get anything more simple yet profound. It is about receiving Jesus. As many as received him, to them you give the right to become children of God. You know, it, it's all of grace. Grace is defined as undeserved favor. God has done something for us that is massive and marvelous and humongous, which we are not worthy to receive, but he offers it to us. Something you and I don't deserve, but God does for us. In verse 13, it explains it a wee bit better. John says, we become children of God, born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It's not something you do. It's something that God does in you when you receive his Son into your life. It's all of grace. Even repentance. Repentance isn't a good work. We couldn't genuinely repent. Look at us all when we try to turn over a new life in the new year. Fails most times. To repent, to turn from sin, that's not one of our works. That's something that comes from the grace of God. God gives us the grace to turn from sin and honor him. It's all of grace. You know, I've I've said before, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Grace. Take away the grace of God from my life, and I am just a sinner under the judgment of God. We need the grace of God. And we first find that grace when we receive Jesus into our lives. And John writes, For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Now, the literal translation in the Greek says, we've received grace instead of grace. That's, what does that mean? How do you receive grace instead of grace? Well, receiving Jesus, you're allowing the grace of God to work in your life. You're accepting his gift of salvation. You're allowing him in to be Lord of your life. And then as you live your life, there is, in fact, an endless supply An endless, overflowing supply of God's grace for you. You know, some translations put it more beautifully than this. They say that grace has been heaped upon us. Grace heaped upon grace. God's grace continues to overflow in your life as you move through your life with him. Paul writes, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Grace heaped upon grace, God's favor that we never, ever deserved or ever will deserve. But God gives to us forgiveness available in abundance. And this is the good news. This is when we talk about when Matthew says the gospel according to Matthew. He said this is the incredibly, fantastic, marvelous Beautiful news that God has come to earth to give to us His Son and through His Son to give favor and forgiveness in abundance when we respond and ask Christ into our lives. John concludes his prologue with, in verse 18 with the sentence No one has ever seen God the only God who's at the Father's side, he has made him known. Jesus, the Word of God, he's the explanation, the communication, the expression of God, the Father. The greatness of Christ explains the greatness of the Father. The greatness of Christ's love explains the greatness of the Father's love. And the greatness of Christ's grace explains the greatness of the Father's grace. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we are like small ants living on an anthill, on a piece of dust hanging in in a beam of sunlight in the universe. And yet, Father, it's hard for us to understand that you, that your Son, the Word, became flesh. The Creator, the one who was involved in the beginning, creating the universe, would come down and walk on this planet, Lord, for us, and give his life for us, that the judgment of God would go on him rather than go on us. Lord, this is the gospel. This is the best news. This is great news. Lord, this is favor from you that we do not deserve, but we thank you for it. And I pray, Father, we thank you for the simplicity of it, And I pray, Father, that if there's there's someone here that has not received Jesus, that they might receive the best gift they've ever had or ever will give this Christmas. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. We're going to finish with that. It's a beautiful uh, hymn or Christian song, which explains this incredibly well called meekness and majesty. be with us all and with our families this Christmas tree.